0: when the Lord is clear with me on what it is that I am to speak on, um, that the only downside is that I usually get overloaded with extra, extra notes. And, um, Greg is so funny because he, uh, he has the opposite problem. He, he kind of takes things all week. Um, and I, I know he journals, but I tend to have this big pile of scribble scratches and then I'm just like, Lord, narrow it down. And, uh, sometimes I've seen his notes and they are, um, There's not a whole lot there, but uh, boy, there's a whole lot there. And uh, I miss him greatly, and I know he is, uh, God is just speaking to him. I cannot wait. He is just going to be unloading a whole lot of just what God is doing and um, just some exciting things that are happening where he is right now. And I, I believe this morning, Charles Stock is actually speaking uh, remember, that's the church from Life Center that, that ordained us, and he is actually the, uh, doing the speaking at the church there in California this morning, so that'll be exciting for Greg. Uh, so you know from having seen your bulletin what the name and title of the message is this morning, and don't forget, inside your bulletin is that blank spot for you to take any notes. So if you, the Lord gives you something, you think you'll remember, but you won't, so write it down. But I want you to turn with me. To the book of Joshua. And I know you think, oh, goodness, I've been in church many, many years, some of you. And how many messages have we heard on the subject of courage? Probably hundreds and hundreds. But, first of all, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals truth from His Word. And um, I just, I would like to share with you the perspective that He gave me on this very. Uh, Familiar scripture and even perhaps familiar subject and give you maybe a different light of this word that you maybe didn't think about before. Um, And it's interesting. I don't know why. You know, only God knows. The last time, and even though it didn't end up online, the last time that um, that I preached the Sunday morning message, it was on strength. And uh, so now from strength to courage, you know, I knew that God was uh, wanting to do something and I wrestled with him a little bit. In the, in the beginning because I just thought, Lord, don't give me something like that because when that is what the enemy finds out I'm, I'm te- teaching on he is going to there'll, there'll be some, some punches to the gut for sure. but God is so faithful and um, the very thing that uh, what the enemy tried to do is why he gave me this message this morning and um, praise him for his power. It is wonderful. So turn with me if you would to Joshua chapter 1. I am going to be in uh, the King James for just this first portion of Scripture. I kind of go a little bit all over the place. I know that Greg's preferred translation is ESV. My preferred is New Living, but I'm in the King James. So we're going to just do that for just this portion. We're going to read, if you would, with me, verses 1 through 9, and uh, we'll do our best to get it up on the screen there. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Now, after the death of Moses, The servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all the people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness And this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their their fathers to give them. Only, again verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. I love, love, love those verses. I love those verses. Have I not commanded thee? I am with you. Be of good courage. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what we even were able to go over in the ladies' class this morning about how that your word is living and breathing and alive, and it is you, God. So we are hearing from you through your precious spirit this morning, Father. I thank you for the words. I just pray, God, that you would allow me to get out of the way of you and that you would just speak forth what you have for each and every person here and even for me, that we would know the revelation of truth that you have for us this morning, God. I thank you and praise you. You are so worthy to be praised. So we offer that to you as we give, us, give you this time, all of us together right now. Lord, thank you and praise you. Bless this time in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So Joshua, at this point, is being the new leader. Moses had died. And and Joshua's in a really interesting character. Now, I know when you think of courage, you think Joshua is, you know, synonymous with courage. There are other greats in the Bible that you think of with courage. You think of David and Goliath. You think of others that are, you know, stood courageous and and Gideon and, and others. But I want to give you a different lens on courage that was very interesting to me. But let me just make sure you understand. Joshua, at this point, um, he is taking over for Moses. Now, Joshua is one of only two living people that were both delivered out of slavery of Egypt and also entered the Promised Land. So it's interesting when you look about He was Moses' aide for 40 years. He did not know, nor did Moses' how many years they would be wandering in the wilderness. So this is after a very long stretch of time that while, yes, he was trained well and he got to see the miracles, he got to see how God was working, he also could very well have been a little bit battle-weary and a little bit weary of how much time it's taken. Have you ever had a a, a promise, a a prophecy made over you? Like, this is going to happen. And it's just like, okay. You know, our lens humanly is like, Okay, good, I'll I'll just wait for it any minute now. God doesn't always work in our time frame, and uh, that has been one of my biggest struggles. Um uh, sometimes I've wrestled with God, but then why'd you give me the prophecy? Why'd you give me the promise? If it's not gonna come now, I mean it's just killing me to wait. And yet what he's teaching me in the waiting is beyond amazing when I'm finally stop my fit and listen to him, because I know for me, uh he, he's so good, and I, I, just, I just burst into tears when I look at how patient he is with my fists. It's just amazing. But Joshua, clearly, for God to repeat, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, he, he obviously needed Joshua to be strong and courageous. Okay? That's really profound, just so you notice that. You had, you had to come here and, and listen to a blonde say that, right? That, that's just so profound so deep, right? He needed to be told that he was strong and courageous. But I wanted you to look at, this is really interesting, in the Strong's um, Hebrew Dictionary, the definition of courage is really interesting. Listen to this. To be alert, physically on foot or mentally, confirm, be courageous. Of good courage, steadfastly minded, strong, stronger, establish, fortify, harden, increase, prevail, strengthen, yourself, make strong. And the last word just smacked me, and that is the word obstinate, obstinate. Isn't that interesting? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to come back to that word. Hang on to that word. Obstinate. That is our key word as it pertains to courage. Now, there's a Google, you know, general definition of courage, and I'm going to read this one to you as well. This one was the, the one I just read you was the, the strong Hebrew dictionary of that word courage as found in Joshua 1. Okay? Now, the general definition of courage, okay, in, in just a worldly dictionary. I just I just Googled it. Mental or moral strength to venture. Persevere or withstand danger or fear, the ability to do something that frightens one, the strength in the face of pain or grief, the synonyms for courage that they gave, just some. I didn't. There's a, there's actually a few more, but bravery, courageousness, valor, fearlessness, nerve, daring, audacity, boldness grit heroism and gallantry so all of these words are connected to the word courage and it's interesting you know joshua the book of joshua is actually divided into three parts there's the entering in the promised land which was the very beginning god's saying okay you're about to enter the promised land and this whole concept of about to enter is loaded And this is why he said, be strong and of good courage. It wasn't like, here's the door, just prance on through. There would not need to be any, be strong and of good courage if he could just walk on through. And that's something very significant, which I'm going to connect to you, that has to do with every single person here. The the middle part of Joshua is about conquering the promised land. And then the third is really about dividing the promised land uh, of Canaan between all the the people that that he, uh, he said so in that book. Now... They had a lot of battles, even upon entering the land, and that's what's so interesting, and why this being courage, uh, courageous was so important at this time. You would think that okay, we've already wandered the forty years, we're finally there. The people that were rebellious died off. Moses even now is dead. Joshua, you're the new leader. We're going to go in, okay? <laughs> so you just think, well, what? Let's you know, let's just get in there. Let's just do this. What what more? What it was, it was a shift in now you're ready to be victorious and get where you need to get. Before, it was just a battle of the will, a battle of the wills, a battle of the wills. You know, the closer that you get to your promised land, the closer that you get to your calling, you could be right around the corner. You, you, like Ignition, we are on the precipice of entering where we're going to be. It does not mean that the battle stops. But it will mean many more victories, many more victories, many, many, many more. And, you know, the enemy, until we are taken up forever in heaven, we are going to have battles here on this earth. But God is going to give us great, great, great victories here because we're going to be fighting this enemy. We're going to, there is an enemy that is fighting us. We'll be free of all that one day. But right now, we are still in the battles. I was mentioning this in the ladies' class, that Life is not a playground it is a battleground if it were not then why would you need your armor and what we talked about this morning the sword of the spirit which is the word of god why would you need it why would it be in reference why wouldn't it just be you just need a good education about the bible you just need a good education no it's called a sword it's a sword of truth because you're in a battle because the enemy is going to fight you so this is really significant now the thing that, if you read again through Joshua, which we will not, because I'm going to mention to you two, two Bible characters that God brought to my mind. There are so many when we talk about courage. But the two that he brought, I'll mention the second one in a moment. But in this one, they had lots of battles to overcome. And um, if you notice in um, throughout the, the book, I know in for um, the latter part of the book, I think it's Joshua 17, talks about all of the, the battles that they would be in. The Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites. The Gurgisites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Isn't, isn't it interesting that they're all ites? They're just all ites. And I love that. I um, I heard Joyce Meyer say years ago. She said, "You know, there's a lot of ites that you got to get through. You got to get through these biting ites to get to where you need to go." And and we are, we are called to be courageous. <laughs> Do you know that courage is our birthright? Courage is not a personality. Courage is not, well, I'm just not real bad. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of more of a, you know, I'm just a lady It has nothing to do with personality. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Our birthright is courage. Everything Jesus had, we have access to, Ephesians tells us. We have the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's available to us. So we have the courage. It is there. We don't, we just need to access it and use it. It is there for everyone. And I'll tell you, you may not realize that you need it, but I, I hope to give you some very uh, applicable ways in, in your life where you might not think courage. Because we always think of courage as a David and Goliath kind of scenario. Like, well, you know, I mean, yeah, I had a big giant coming, you know, to get me, whatever. The giants like that are the easy ones to see. It's when you get a swarm and an infestation of all the little things that you don't even realize are coming, which can sometimes do more damage than the obvious giant in front of you. That's the times we think we need the courage, but more often than not, and Satan is a master deceiver and a master attacker. He knows how to get you in ways that you think are oh, that's not really a giant. I mean, that's just a that's just a few bugs. You know, I'll just I'll. I mean, I can step on them, but I mean, I'll get to them later because they're not really—they're just there. They're not really doing a whole lot. He knows exactly how to get you. He knows exactly how to get you. It is amazing when you when you look at the power of insects and what they can do when they work together against something to move something or to you know infest something. It's just amazing. Termites taking the house down—isn't that amazing? The size of a termite when they work together, what damage that they can do to homes—it's incredible. And that's kind of what the demonic forces do. To us. And we don't even realize, before we know, they're, they're starting to chew at and attack our foundation and make it rocky. So we do need courage. Not just for the big, huge thing that's easy to see, but for all the little, snaky, sneaky ways that the enemy works. And that's, of course, where we need wisdom and discernment as well. God told Joshua that his way of success was to not depart from the law. And so I want you to just glance again at verse 8, which is what I love, and and many of you perhaps have this memorized, such a great verse to memorize. I don't know why, it's probably my childhood, but I memorize King James. Um, I always tell Yvonne, if you hear a thee or a thou, or certainly a whithersoever, you know you're in King James. Um, And I love to read modern day translations, but there's something about my memorization that that kind of language just is easier, it's more poetic, so it sticks in my mind a little bit more. But verse 8 This book of the law is not going to depart out of thy mouth. It shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, and by the way, only then, thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Now, if we were doing a a message about the truth of the word, tell you what, success comes from walking in truth. Walking in truth. You can have all the courage in the world, and when it is not rooted and grounded in the truth of the word, you're just you're just aimlessly fighting your battles. It's got to be the truth. There are people that think they're strong because they do equate it to a personality. Well, I just got a lot of gumption. I just have a lot of energy. So yeah, I just, I'm just the type of person that just goes after things. That is not courage. You can be the softest, quietest, most background person, And the courage of God can be just as strong in you as in anybody else. It is not what you think in terms of how we physically look at it. We measure things so humanly, and that is not how God measures it. So this word obstinate, I have got to, I wanted to read you the definition of obstinate, because this was so interesting that that would be in the Strong's uh, definition of the word that's found in Joshua 1 and listen to this, you think of often a lot of times as being a negative thing stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or chosen course of action despite attempts to persuade one to do so synonyms stubborn unyielding inflexible, unbending mulish bullheaded, headstrong willful unrelenting, immovable, uncompromising. If you've ever been called obstinate in a bad way, it can have some bad traits. But you know what, when it comes to courage, when it comes to that unwavering, unbending, not willing to compromise courage in Christ, that is one of the best things you can have. I want to be obstinate when it comes to my courage. To stand. Because you know what? When I think of where Joshua was at this time, he could have just said, Look, I helped the guy for 40 years. We're out of the slavery. This is great, but I'm done. I know the promised land's right around the corner. But you know what? What if it isn't? He had to have courage on so many levels courage to just believe that it really was there. Have you ever lost your hope in something because you're thinking, I know it's there. I know, God, that you promised it, but. In my estimation, and in in the way that I reason it, I don't know that I'm walking in it yet, so I'm not sure that it's there. You know, it actually takes courage to trust God, to, to believe that he is who he says he is, and that his word is what it is, and that it's true. It takes courage. So Joshua needed to be strong and not be afraid, not only of the enemies, but of all that God had. At this time, he was being told, be strong, be courageous, and this is with a... I got something around the corner. I got many battles. As you know, each battle has its own dynamic. It has, if you can imagine, have you ever seen a battle scene in a movie? You know, there's so many different things. There could, be, there could be weather issues with it. There could be battles at night versus battles in the day. There are battles with the, the numbers coming against you. There are battles with uh, whether they, they attack you when you are well-rested and when you're, you know, feeling like, okay, I got enough rest. Have you ever been attacked when you're absolutely at your bottom? Like you just, you're thinking, I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm emotionally dry, I'm coming off of a hurt, and now this? I I can't. I can't deal with that. There are times when you are needing this courage. If these attacks are coming and the battle is coming, and you don't even have the strength, and you're just thinking, "Ah, ah, there's just this is this is a battle that is tough. Other battles you might be a little ready for. It's like this is a battle. This is tough. It's challenging. I'm breathing heavy, but okay. I know you know. There's almost a sense of I've got it. I've got it. But God's got it. God's got me. You believe. There's times when it's a little bit less flattening you than other times. We need to know that God's courage that's available to us is in all, all the different types of battles. And this is what Joshua needed to know. Let's look at one other part, portion, this other um, section in Esther. And um, I just want to ask you this morning, what do you need courage for? What do you need courage for? You know, Joshua needed courage to stay with it, to, to finish what was started. He needed to be obstinate. In this particular place in his life, but there's another reason why sometimes we're not courageous. And I want you to look at Esther. Just look at Esther chapter four with me. Are you with me? Are you awake? Let's wake. Let's let's wake up and, and turn to Esther four because this is awesome. Esther is a. I tell you what, I got two two fantastic things from Esther this week that were just amazing. Um, but that one I can't get into is a whole other different other subject. But Esther four. Now this is after Mordecai finds out that they are going to kill the jews okay and he he, he goes to her and he says esther you know we're gonna you're gonna need to do something about this you are in a position to help and so he comes to her so esther chapter four um let's start in verse 10 here then and this is going to be in the new living translation i'm just going to read this one for you here this one um and so read with me in your translation if you would unless you unless you get it on the screen Then Esther told um, Haddock to go and relay the message to Mordecai. The whole world knows that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court, that Esther's coming back with this, that everybody knows that anybody who comes into the king's inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his golden scepter. The king has not called for me to come in more than a month. So Haddock gave Esther... Esther's message to Mordecai. Mordecai then sends back this reply to Esther. Don't, and this is in the New Living, don't think for a moment that you will escape there in the palace when all the Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. What's more, who can say that you have not been elevated to the palace for such a time as this so he's basically saying to her i already believe i know that god is going to deliver us okay if he doesn't use you he's going to use somebody else but then your disobedience will come down on you because you will be you will be found out to be a jew you and your family and you'll still be you'll still be destroyed so this is a choice to make and so then she clearly and we don't know how much time has passed but we know that when there are sending messages back and forth there's certainly a certain amount of time so in verse 15 it says, then esther sent this reply to mordecai go and gather together all the jews of susa and fast for me do not eat or drink for three days night or day my maids and i will do the same and then though it is against the law i will go in to see the king if i must die i am willing to die so mordecai went away and did as esther told him Think again of where Esther was, in her place in her life. She's chosen out of all the maidens, all the, the 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 qualified virgins of that time. She's chosen. She clearly captures the heart of the king. Why do you want to blow a good thing? It's like I got a good thing going here. You know, to go in and to try to bring this news, to try to you know get help from the king. I, I'm I'm lucky if he'll save my life. I'm lucky if he'll call me into his chamber. But to get much more, I mean, you know, come on, don't, don't ask that much of me. How many times have you found that in your life? It's like, you know, I'll be a Christian. I'm going to stand up, but, but don't ask me to put my, my life, my reputation, my, you know, put what's at stake, you know, all this So Don't, don't ask me to put all that out there. I, I can't, I, I don't know that I could deal with that. Sometimes we cower and, and don't access that courage because of just plain old selfishness. It's like, no, this is, this is you know, I got a good thing going. There is no way, even, even though there might be a need, you know, it, whether it be your job, whether it be in a family situation, whether it be um, standing up for uh, a particular environment that you know is toxic, where maybe there's been people where that have needed to stand up to, um, you know, harassment or, or just a bad situation, um, maybe even to take a political stand, you know, where they're just like, oh, there's too much at stake for me to take that kind of stand. God will have his will. And he will just find someone else to do it. Greg did not have to say yes to this calling. He was so willing to say yes. He wanted to do it. But Greg, I'll never forget when he told me, he said, you know, if I hadn't said yes, God was going to raise up a mighty army with or without me. I'm so honored that he's using me. But he was going to do what he was going to do. So it's like, do you want to be part of God's promises for you? I mean, all you would do is thwart All the great things God has for you when you don't stand up. But she had a lot to risk and a lot to lose. And to say, to come to the place where if I perish, I perish. Now the thing that's interesting about each of these, Joshua, Joshua was told that his prosperity and his success would come by staying in the word, staying, you know, you obey the words, don't turn from it to the right or to the left. So you see that that was right away at the beginning of Joshua. You see here, Esther, clearly, her first reaction is prayer. So she knew that the success of her encounter with the king was through prayer. And so I want you to combine those two. You know, when you are facing something, there's the word of God, go to the word, but then there's prayer. And I do want to ask you, how much courage do you have even in your prayers? Even in your prayers. Do you have the courage to pray big prayers to pray courageous prayers, ridiculous, absurd prayers. God loves that. He loves it when you you ask Him for the ridiculous, the way out there. God, if this is Your will, I just want I just want everybody safe. I just want You to use me to change millions of lives. Even sometimes it's hard for us to utter that because we think it's so out there. But nothing is impossible with God. And you know why He delights in our big, big prayers. Because he knows that if you're going to mention it and ask him, that you know he can. You know that he can. You know the size of your God. If you're going to ask him for something that absurd, then you're telling him, God, I know you are so big. You are so huge. You can do this. You may not choose to. You may have a different plan. But you can. Because that's how big you are. And so, God, I just ask you for that. I ask you for that. Honor him. That is worship to him when you pray absurd prayers. Don't ever think, do I even have the the audacity to ask him, do I even have, you know, I mean, should I even go before the Lord about this? Ephesians 3.20. And God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we would even ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now that part is what I love about that verse, Ephesians 3.20. Because if he's willing to do that, and I'm the one praying about it, he may choose me because guess what? He gave me that power. The power that is within me is what does the work. God uses people. So whatever you want done, if you family, you might think my family, okay, you don't even know what that kind of prayer is. My family is so against God or so stuck in another thing or so, so lost, so stubborn, obstinate in a bad way. How could they ever be delivered? Oh wow, we limit God because of what we see as possible. That is boxing God in. That is putting God in a box. And yet, God can do anything. And you know, I think sometimes the reason why we don't ask is because just the courage on our part to trust Him and to believe Him for who He is and how big He is takes courage. I gotta tell you, it takes courage to pray big prayers. Because when it comes out of your mouth if you ever felt foolish, you ever just felt foolish to just I it's like okay. That one just slipped out. I mean, save the world, God. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I know. That was just, you know, that was just a, whoo, let's had too much coffee. I didn't mean to say that. We almost are apologetic about asking God to do huge things. But I, he just loves it. I just know he loves it. That honors him to say, God, you are so big. You can do this. Now, again, when you ask him big things, be as specific as you can. God, I believe you called me to this. And so within this calling that I believe you called me to, God, I ask you to just do crazy, crazy miracles. Do you know that miracles are provoked from desperate, radical faith? God honors our faith. That's what ignites and propels miracles. When we just believe him, when we say, God, I do not, I will not even begin to get you. I don't even get you. I don't understand. You are so big, so beyond my understanding. I don't understand you. But God, I know that you can do this. And so I ask you for this. I just ask you. Because I'm going to trust you, that you hear me, that you know it, and perhaps what he will do. And I've seen it in my own life. The very thing I've asked him for, all hell will break loose in the circumstances. And it will look, on the outside, it will look like the exact opposite is happening from what I prayed. And that's when the courage comes in. It's like, okay. You do know that I prayed for it to go this way. Like, did you know that? Did you hear my prayer, Lord? I prayed for this. And now it's actually moving in the opposite direction. That's when it takes courage to say, God, it does not matter what I see. It does not matter what my emotions are telling me. It does not matter what I know. God, you are God. And I, this is this is in your, any time you're asking for salvation or deliverance or freedom, things that line up with the Word of God, you can know it's within the Word of God, within the will of God. If it's in the Word of God. It's in the will of God to do. And so, what does Scripture say? If you ask anything according to my will and in my name, I will do it. Now, He does things so uniquely. He does things for His glory. So the way sometimes that we would see something needing to be done. If I was going to pray for somebody, Susie Jones, I'm going to pray. I, was, I just want her life transformed. She is addicted to seven different things, and I just want her. I'm just God. I, I just pray that you would just remove these addictions and just, you know, extract these scars because of all her prayer history. What we want to see on the outside, you know, we love we love great stories like that where somebody just comes in no more addictions, no more issues, I'm good, I'm I'm the outside, I, I don't take this anymore, I don't do this anymore, I don't go to these places, I am good. But you know what God sees? He sees the heart. He knows that just because somebody's outside transformation is one way doesn't necessarily mean that they are healed. Have you ever had somebody that's had an outward transformation and it didn't last very long? It's because they weren't healed on the inside. God is such a complete and total healer. Our Jehovah Rapha is so complete and so thorough. He knows what needs to be healed. And he knows that just because there's an outside transformation does not mean you're healed. It gives us a warm and fuzzy, doesn't it? We love it. We just love to see that. Oh, they just, they're just they just so different. They just They're so happy today. But only God knows if what got them there in the first place is truly, totally healed. Because God is in the business of completely transforming, and so this is where it gets tough. This is where that courage is like God. I got to trust you, and, and I, I, but I'm afraid. Now, a lack of courage manifests in different ways, and I find this really interesting. Um, courage, really, the opposite is fear. This is why you see in Joshua one: "Be not afraid, be strong, be of good courage." Okay. Fear manifests itself in different ways. It manifests in insecurity, in anger, in rage. It manifests in hopelessness, in hate, in divisions, conflicts. And courage is not the erasing of it. Courage is the, I'm moving forward even with all that existing. Courage is... Is not the removal of those things. It's the, I'm going to take that step. You know, when I when I went to, to Africa, and I know it's so wonderful to have Gwyneth back from, from her trip, and, and we'll be certainly hearing from her. But I know when I went to Africa, my fear, my concerns that were a mile long of this experience and all the unknowns that I was stepping into, they did not go away. They were just, okay, God, this is what it is. I will step forward in the midst of it. And you know, it wasn't until I was taking those steps, those surrendered steps, that he began to bring about the everything that he did for me. And, and and I think of it you know, when we talk about Joshua and the children of Israel think about it, both crossing the Jordan and the Red Sea. The waters parted. When they crossed the Red Sea, they, they stepped in and it began to part. You know, there there wasn't action on of the people for for god to deliver them it was it's really um, amazing what we try to do humanly is instead of dealing with something courageously usually when we fear something or we experience any one of those manifestations that i just listed what we tend to do is we just kind of get rid of the issue you ever notice that it's like well i don't like that's what i tried to do with africa i just said this is just too much i'm i this is too much. Like, I am, every day, I am just in an angst about everything. My mind was racing with every imaginable something that could go wrong, from being sick to being too hot to all my issues, losing my luggage. I mean, my mind went through every what if that all the demons could put in my head. And I just thought, the answer to the removal of this is just, I'm not going. That's it. I'm just not going. Because, oh, I feel better. Yes, I'm just going to remove it. I'm not going to deal with why I had those eggs. I'm just going to take the thing that I'm upset about and just get rid of it. That actually doesn't work that way. And uh, and I've told this story before, but it was very bizarre. I'm so thankful, God. I'm sitting in my kitchen, and I was just feeling very uh, humanly strong. And and this was my obstinance in the the wrong way. And I I leaned back on my counter, standing in my kitchen, and I just said, I'm just not going to go. And instantly everything that would be at stake if I didn't go, the people that gave money towards it, okay, I, I, that maybe be a tough one, but I can, I'll explain that away. The risk to the strain on perhaps my marriage, because Greg won't understand. I can deal with that. We've been married a long time. <laughs> um, I mean, I just went down the list. And God spoke to me, and I'm telling you, He spoke to me. He said, it's okay if you don't want to go. It's really okay. This is your choice. But I want you to know that my protection for you, because he knew exactly why I didn't want to go, it was just plain old fear. Just the fear, 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 fear. My protection for you is going to be going. So you can stay here and my protection will be there. How's that going to feel? And I'm telling you, for just a moment after he just spoke that into me, I just said, I started feeling like, this bizarre feeling. Have you ever been frightened in your own home, where you just, you just thought, okay, I, something could happen. Like it, somebody could come to the door. You know, you've seen maybe these movies where people that have come in home invasions and things like. I just, there was this weird, just feeling that came over me that was just like, this is what it feels like to not have the protective hand of God over me, because I have just stepped out from the shadow of the Almighty. I stepped. I decided to not be in that secret place. Of the Most High God. So that I can abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91.1. That's an important verse. And he gave me a glimpse of what that would feel like. He said, no girl, you have courage. You have courage. You go because I am going to take care of it. Your strength is in me. Your strength is in me. You don't have to worry about anything. But I'm not going to force you. You do it. You do what you want to do. And I was just like, okay. That's like giving me an offer I can't refuse." Like, no, I'm not going to stay here in my house and be fearful. I'm going to go. Yes, I'm going to go. And, and, oh, what a gift. I, he just showed up and showed up and showed up and showed up. But it wasn't like there wasn't little trepidation. I mean, each step I made, it was just, I was just clinging to the word. I was clinging to him in my, with my first cards the whole time. Not in fear, but in knowing that I was being so stretched, so stretched. And he showed me what courage in him was about. It wasn't like I'm going to just erase, Uh, Casey. I'm just going to completely. I'm going to extract. You can just lay back, and I'm going to remove all the fear from your mind. I'm going to remove all the thoughts from your mind. No, he was just saying keep surrendering them, because every time you surrender them, I'm going to replace you with peace. Psalm twenty, Isaiah twenty six three. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Have you ever seen a magnifying glass? Anybody have one? Who has a magnifying glass? you guys have a magnifying glass? Okay, that's so cool. Yvonne wants one. you got to tell me where I can find one. Anyway, what does a magnifying glass do? When you put it on something, it makes it big, right? When you, when you put it on, if you want to see, like you want to look at an insect, I collected those when I was younger. This is just so not who you know today, but I did collect insects at one time. I was an outdoor girl for a short season in my life. Anyway, um... But I remember when, when we looked at them under this a magnifying glass, it made them big and you could see the parts. of the, You could just see it. It was like, ooh, you know, this little mosquito and it's just, ooh, it's big or, or these different parts. When we sing, what do we do? So we say, I magnify you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord. Do you magnify him? Because whatever you magnify is what's going to be big. What your magnifying glass is on is what's going to be big in your life. You magnify God. If You actually magnify the Lord Jesus Christ in your worship. He will be big. And when he is big, everything else is small. And it makes courage not seem like it's for somebody else. You were called by God to be courageous. It is not your personality. It is not a select thing. It is our birthright. We are to be courageous. And now, is when it counts, church. This is it. This is, this is. we are on the precipice of walking into our Canaan. There is a lot going on. So many of you, it's so interesting. Some of your lives personally mirror even where we are as a church. We are about to cross over into great victories, great blessings. And with that will come battles that will sneak up on us. There'll be battles in really unique ways. It'll be like, Oh, I didn't expect this battle because we're just in such a great place of prosperity. You know, I mean, you look at all the battles that they had, and and in Joshua, um, even chapter ten, when he is destroying these kings, that, that it, it was amazing to to see how God so miraculously delivered these battles directly into into Joshua's hand. And, and let me just encourage you: this was the one and only time in Scripture, Joshua chapter ten. Look at Joshua chapter ten, if you would. This, this is something, everybody ought to have this marked in their Bible. When you talk about bold prayers, I love this. Joshua was so confident, he was so sure of what God was telling him. He's being told, be strong and of good courage. Don't depart from from the laws. To the right or to the left, be strong and of good courage. It's just like, okay, I got it, Lord. But he needed to be sure, God needed to be sure that he gets it. So he comes up upon this, this army, these um. Amorites coming after him and I'm going to go start at verse 12 uh, in the New Living I'll read it again and the New Living by the way has updates more than other translations so sometimes you'll see if we're in New Living together it may be that that was a different updated one based on the computers but mine really is the New Living. In verse 12 it says of Joshua 10 On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel and he said let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Huh. <laughs> okay, what? Okay. So verse 13. So the sun and moon stood still until the Israelites had defeated their enemies. Can you even imagine? If you back up a few other verses, the Lord in verse 10 threw these, this army into a great panic and the Israelites slaughtered them in great numbers at Gibeon. I mean, it was amazing. Joshua just said, look, I know, I am so confident, God, that you've got this, That, but I want to ask you. I mean, it was just, isn't that an interesting prayer? Not like, you know, give us extra strength, you know. Have our, our have our uh, battle gear and, and swords work and theirs not. I mean, that still would be pretty bold. Lord, just, just wipe out all their ability to, you know, make, make all of theirs." plastic swords from the dollar store and make ours real strong swords of iron. You know, just can just can you just do that for us so we have it at an edge. No. He prayed the biggest prayer we've ever heard of in scripture. For just, you know, all of creation, creator of everything. We just stop the moon and just stop the sun and just just stop everything till we're done fighting this thing. Wow. I love that. I just love that. I mean you had to be praying those kind of that just I'm sure God just <laughs> He just looked at he just said, "Joshua, you are my man. You, you are, you are the one, and You. I mean, who prays a prayer like that? That is incredible. And God did it. He did it. He did it because He loved Joshua. Was not going to bend. He was not going to let the enemies. He was going to be obstinate in his resolve, in his courage to move forward and to do what God was telling him was possible for them and what was promised to them. So part of this whole thing, guys, is." you got to know what God has promised you is coming. And it takes courage to believe that. It takes courage to believe that. So lastly, I just want to give you a way to practically apply this. And I was just thinking of some ways. You know, what does courage look like in our day-to-day lives? In three areas. Courage to respond in different ways. Courage to act. And then courage to just lead. Because in some cases, we're asked to lead. But to respond... You know, it takes courage to face naysayers. To face naysayers. And they can be unbelieving naysayers, and they can be Christian naysayers. What? You believe that? What? I've been to church my whole life, honey, and I have never heard that. I'm not sure that God does that anymore. Isn't that, I think you're pulling some Old Testament stuff on me, honey. You better just get your scripture straight, because God does not do that anymore. You ever heard that? <laughs> naysayers that perhaps view doctrine differently than we do. Um, and you know what? You've got to just love them. Just have the courage. Don't. Just know we don't wrestle. Ephesians 6, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Love them. Give them the truth of the word. And then know that, you know what? If that is jarring, if that makes you feel like you've got conflict within you, that's just the enemy trying to agitate you. He's just trying to poke you. Just trying to get you to where you feel like you're, you're not on sure footing. You've got to just trust that God is, uh, he is there. He, he, he will give you the answers. And, you know, when you're in constant um, communion with him, he will also give you the words to speak that may not be your own. And I cannot tell you enough how important it is to memorize scripture. I know oftentimes uh, when I'm just out and about in life, whenever I can quote scripture, I know that is what does not return void. But it's got to be done in a loving way. You know, I just know that I just believe that the Bible just says, you know, that God's not given us the spirit of fear. So you might think it's natural to, to be fearful, but I just, I just really believe that that's what, that's what God you know, God promises in 2 Timothy 1.7. He's given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that fear is a spirit. Fear is something that Satan uses to demonically put strongholds on us and bind us up. And we're able to cast that down. Because there's another great verse in 2 10 Corinthians 10.5 10, that says, Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay? So we have so many things that we can just respond. But we have to we have to have a love You know, your demeanor, your tone, your delivery, when there's really love flowing through you, you will have the right delivery. You can't fake love. It's got to be genuine through and through. And then you got to let the Holy Spirit cover it. But to face... Um, unbelievers or believers, especially unbelievers that might think you're completely crazy. You know, that is no fun. You know, we say that, that that's, oh, well, that's just, you know, don't worry about what people think. Well, we're human. Yeah, we worry about what people think. It's not fun to know that people think you're crazy. It's not fun to know that you walk past somebody, oh, my word, can you believe she is just off her That poor thing. What is she addicted to? We've, got to? we've just got to do something about that. I mean, people, when they think you're crazy, that is not fun. That is not fun. We need courage to face that. It also takes courage to forgive. To forgive. That is the scariest thing. Everybody loves to hear that forgive and God forgives and we should forgive. And flip, uh, Ephesians 4.32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. But how much courage does it take to actually forgive? I was in a situation just a couple days ago where things said, brought up, hurts. That I wasn't even aware of how many people were involved in those hurtful things. And I just, I just said, Lord, just cover that. I just, you know, right away, there new names brought into the situation. And I just was like, okay, Lord, I forgive them too. I love them too. Didn't know that they were involved in that, but I forgive them, you know? Because I'll tell you what, when you don't forgive, it just tears you up. But it takes courage. Why does it take courage? Because of the fear that if you do, Will things work out? You know, we don't trust. We somehow hold on to things because we think in some way, shape, or form we can actually do something about it. Well, if I just hold on to it, it's kind of like that, that hoarding mentality. Well, if I just hold on to it, I know that it might be garbage, but I might have some use for it someday. There might be some, I don't, I don't want to throw it away. I, I don't. You know, and it becomes this dysfunctional collecting of all kinds of stuff. There are emotional and circumstantial and thought hoarders. And it's so piled so high, you can't even make an aisle in that person's life. Because they just have stuff piled up all over the place. Think about it. Have you ever seen a house that has been piled up and you just walk in and go, why? Why? I mean, really, you can't even move around in here. And yet how many of us do that on the inside? We've become these emotional hoarders. And God is like, if you just would purge it out, I've got a clean, beautiful, and sweet-smelling house for you. Your body is the temple of my Holy Spirit. And I want it to be clean and free. I want you delivered. God is so much. but We've got to have the courage to believe that that is true. And isn't that what it boils down to? It's like, do we really believe? You can be a Christian for a long time and face a new trouble, new struggle. And, and at the end of the day, the real issue is, do I really believe that that's true? Do I really believe that's what God's going to do? Do I really believe that's what who God is? Isn't that really what it boils down to? Because when you believe that and you know that, Then courage says, I can do it. I can do it because the God of the universe is in my corner. And all those verses we've memorized, I can do all things through Christ, become true. That's exciting. That's exciting. The courage to act, to do what's right when your flesh doesn't want to do it. What I love about Esther, her reaction to what needed to be done was prayer. And it's amazing to me. And let me just speak to my own life, man. Before God brought Wendy into the women's ministry that i would had previously um, and took us to the the lift, the Ladies and Faith Together, which we had at that time. I remember, um, and even growing up, I, I will be honest, prayer service was synonymous with possibly falling asleep, being bored. I mean, there was just something attached to it that just was like, oh, yes, okay. I know, we got to go to prayer service this week. Oh, we'll see. There's nothing else pressing going on. We'll go. I mean, I just didn't legitimate scheduling issues i'm talking about my attitude towards taking an evening and praying just was not something my flesh was interested in doing and god had to just get a hold of me and i heard uh beth Moore recently speak uh, a message and and she said something she even apologized before she said it so i'm going to say it the way that she said it okay so just so you know if you get offended this is she just she said that she said that okay um we all want to sleep in that extra 45 minutes And we don't want to get up and pray sometimes. We don't want to come out and do extra things and, you know, oh, let's take this extra time and stop with a friend and pray. We want all this. And yet, hell and Satan and his demons are coming after our families, our lives, our jobs, our finances. He's coming after us. But we want our 45 extra minutes in the morning to sleep. But yet hell wants our families. He wants our lives. He wants our effectiveness. He wants our health. He wants to hinder our deliverance. But we just, you know, but, but I just, I'm just not really into it. I just okay, you choose. Because the fact that you're not into it does not change that the enemy wants to destroy you. He does not want to mess with you. He wants to destroy you. And when we wake up to that, all of a sudden we see, just like that war room movie said, the, the real battle is in the spirit realm. It's all about prayer. We've got to be. And if you think that Tuesday night is going to be our only prayer service, you are mistaken. We, we, are not, we are going to offer multiple prayer services. We have not even gotten there yet. You just pick your prayer service. You just pick your prayer. That is, good. That is the future. We are going to do more. It's not just going to be a one-time-a-week because things are way too much at stake for there to just be one prayer service. It is all about prayer. That is the real reality of where battles are fought. It, is, it just is true. And I'm so thankful, and God continues to remind me of that, because, I mean, our flesh is weak. It just is. So anyway, lastly, to lead, to be obedient, to tithe, to make a commitment, all these areas. To share Christ. Think of when, you know, Casey's leading and heading up our evangelistic uh, prayer walks. That takes courage. She knows that takes Courage. Many of you, when you know this is your time to just share Christ, even just to say something about the Lord, that takes courage. It's difficult. Courage to just know, not just that if I say something I'm going to be embarrassed, but it's like courage to know that I'm going to have anything to say. You might be like, I'll say it, but I just never know what to say. Open your mouth. Say Jesus. Say, I love Jesus. Say, you know, I would just love to tell you that Jesus loves you. It feels dorky when you first say it. But it will be powerful because your obedience will be blessed by God. We just need so much courage. And I um, I hope that you will take this definition of obstinance. And I want to read it one more time since we didn't have it on the screen. Listen again. This is how I want you to be in your fight and battles against the enemy. This is how resolved I want you to be against the attacks of the enemy. The definition of obstinance. Stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion, Okay, this is from the truth of the word of God, or or chosen course of action, despite attempts to persuade one to do so. He is going to persuade you every time you turn around. So you are stubbornly refusing. The synonyms, stubborn, unyielding. So put it in that context now and hear that. Hear that obstinate. Stubborn, unwilling. kind of courage that i am going to walk by faith because my canaan is right before me but there are ites sitting on my land and i'm getting them out in jesus name i'm getting them out because that is mine that is not for the enemy to sit on they are gone in jesus name i plead the blood of jesus over this get out in jesus name. if you ever just said that out loud i mean just try it it is weird the first time you do it I mean, when you start speaking and praying and casting things out, out loud, but I'll tell you what, it will it will give you, it will quicken your spirit. Just the obedience to do it will give you the energy that you would not have otherwise had. Don't think courage is a personality thing. I am not talking about courage because I have energy or because I train in a gym. That has nothing to do with it. You would not believe how depleted that I get. God's Spirit within me is what gives the courage and it gives the shyest person, the invalid at home that cannot do anything, those of you online listening, watching today no matter what your issue is, courage is our birthright in Christ it is our birthright in Christ we just gotta say, God because of you I can do this, get thee behind me Satan, I'm walking into my promised land and I will do it and I will be victorious, praise Jesus, let's pray Father, thank you, God. Thank you.